up, y'all? I'm Nana. And I'm Bunkio, and this is <laughs> African.American. <laughs> you were like, what's up, y'all? I was like, huh? Who? <laughs> okay, let's do it. This is a show about children of African immigrants living in America. And the theme of today's episode is African privilege or African-American privilege. Is there such a thing? Yes. And yes. <laughs> Why do you think that? <laughs> you so, can't expound. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just leave it at yes, Monkia. Let's just leave it at yes. Because if we they, leave it at yes, episode. then we ain't got no episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got nothing to talk about. <laughs> It just exists, and I would say that I've benefited from it um, quite a bit. There is privilege in walking into spaces and saying that you are, let's say, Ghanaian, you grew up Ghanaian. People look at you differently, people treat you differently than when they they see you and think, oh, maybe you're, you know, African-American. So I think there is that privilege definitely that does exist. Um, it, it exists in a number of spaces, work social environment um i i notice it a lot in kind of work environments where people treat you a little differently when they realize that you were born on the continent what are your thoughts i mean i I feel like yes and no i think that we i say this all the time Anti-Africanism is a global phenomenon and it is alive and well in America, in the black community in America. It is. Like, let's just be frank about that. Not saying Africans don't have funny ideas about African-Americans or any of those other kinds of things, but really understanding that is a baseline when you have things like New York Times. You look at, let me just pull them out there because I know we pulled them out there on our account one time. If you look at any major Western news outlet, and actually even non-Western ones, as someone who spent a lot of time in the Arab world, the tropes that there are about Africa and Africans, even to people among people who are in technically Africa, mm-hmm. North Africa, looking at you, North Africa, it can be quite <laughs> frustrating. And so mm-hmm. I don't think that the default is just like, oh, you're from Africa. You're so amazing. I do think we do have... Let me finish. Mm-hmm. I think that there is, in the eyes of racists, mm-hmm. these things that they use to divide these cultural groups the same way that you know, yeah. preference for light-skinned people, which yeah. we as Black people, or people of yeah. color in general, embrace even more than them. Because mm-hmm. guess what? To white people, it really doesn't matter what shade of brown. You're still brown and just brown. black to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, to the white person who may not necessarily know where you're from. But I feel like... For some white people, once they find out that you were not, let's say, African-American, but you were born on the continent somewhere, they treat you differently. No, they do. But what I'm saying is that you're still not being treated as an equal. Of course not. <laughs> Of course not, but um, you're you're being you still have that privilege over the African. Yeah, but American. it's the privilege that a lighter skinned person may have, and so it's tinged with a lot of stuff. Um, to it's so me. Privileged. Okay, but can I can I finish my thought? A privilege is yes, but there are certain responsibilities that come with it, and so it is in some ways a gilded cage, as far as I'm concerned. I do think on another level, though, that because 
Anti-Africanness is a global phenomenon. Anti-Blackness is definitely a national phenomenon in yeah. the U.S. and in the Americas mm. in general. Mm. We do, we both benefit and take part in the challenges of being Black in America. Because, I mean, I think, for instance, with, like, immigration, a lot of the narratives focus on the, La- the Latinx community. Yeah. The Latinx yeah. community. Yeah. But there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot, of, a, a lot of Africans coming walking through, around, coming through the Mexico border. Thinking about that, I just mean that um, I remember reading a few years ago. Uh, uh, I, I have to look for the article. Someone wrote an article about how Africans or immigrants of African descent can really melt in, mm. and our blackness and our Americanness is taken for granted in a way that, like, if you were a Middle Eastern descent or Mexican descent, you're kind of already looked at as from from the get-go, you're looked at as an outsider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're a black, it's just kind of like, oh, that's just another black person. Now, when you open your mouth and you have a, a Bichola accent, yeah. they'll be able to figure it out and try and parse it through. I think the privileges come from this weird place of America being this place where like the racial category is basically black on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's the immigrant experience of every immigrant group that's come through here before. You're mm-hmm. always trying to, I'm not saying trying to, your, appro- your approximation to blackness is what you try to, you know, create as big a rift between you and mm-hmm. it <laughs> in order to get yourself. That's why we have all these like Eastern European groups who in Western Europe, which was the thing, you know, in Spain, I don't know if you noticed that I was, Spain was eye-opening for me in that all these like, but it's where I learned Spain and the UK, I got family there, where I learned that people of Slavic backgrounds Mm -hmm. are not considered the same thing. Oh, yes, yes. So people will be making Czech jokes and this and that. And I'd be like, I'm so confused. Like, why are white people making jokes about other white people? (laughs) (laughs) It, It took me a while to be like, Oh, you don't think they're the same? I was like, oh, okay, this is what we read in the history books about how people used to think about Irish people and Italo Americans and and all of this. And I think that we Africans get caught up in that. Mm. I guess it's a long winded ass answer to your question. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, we do. But it's a strange, like, it's not the privilege that, like, other non-black groups enjoy. I think we need to categorize this as we have to do the white black and then do a subcategory of what kind of black are you? When you think about the subcategory, as you said, there is that privilege there. It is, but again, it's so gross though. Like I think about some of my, maybe we can talk about that, like how our parents view this. Mm. My mom tells me stories about when she first came, like somebody, and I think I've, I've, you know, first of all, I've shared a story before um, on the previous previous episode about how someone thought I was a Kwanzaa celebrating African-American, but now they're like, oh, I didn't know you were real African, whatever that means. Um, My mom said that someone told her, you know, you guys, you're better than the ones we have here. (laughs) Right? Oh, nobody has ever said that out loud, but they they show it. Yeah. No, a white person literally told her that. They didn't have to show her. They literally said it. And I think that when, I think you do have people who literally say that. And when you get treated differently too, it kind of puffs us up, right? Um, I think on top of the fact that we are different, we want to be distinct. African-American is not our culture. 
Um, and that's what's so interesting about seeing it play on, on Bob Hart's Abishola yeah. when they have those, you know, like it's three black women sitting at a table, but like <sighs> the foundations yeah. are so different. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm trying, maybe I'm trying to be one of those, you know, those people with privilege who don't want to acknowledge <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's certainly a lot of privilege there and actually actually recounting the mom story I started to think back to an experience I I have and I have this experience every year because I make every this year. trip yes I make this trip every year um every year I go to no 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 <laughs> this country this country I go to PA to visit family and we go to church I'll go to church with them and we go to a predominantly white church so we're typically the only black folks and it always grinds my nerves when we walk in so it's a very small church so the the pastor knows everybody everybody knows everybody so the pastor will be like oh here's you know Nana's family is here today Ghana what? And and granted, parts parts of that statement is true because my parents are typically around that time coming back from Ghana. But every time that happens, it always feels to me like the pastor is specifically trying to differentiate for us so that people feel like, oh, it's okay, they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it always bothers me to no end because I am like I am not coming from Africa and at certain points I think until about five years ago when this would happen I'm like I haven't been back to Ghana since since like over 10 years ago so you saying that that it's not true not all of us what does he know he knows he knows (laughs) 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 I was trying to throw him a lifeline Every time after church, I, I, I get upset. I'll be like, why does he always feel the need to bring this up? But, you know, it's probably his way of trying to make it comfortable for us. But at the same time, I'm sitting there seeing it as, you know, why are you trying to differentiate? Well, it's also fancier, you know, like I... What is about this? No, when I'm en route, like, so I end up going to or have ended up going to London quite a bit en route from Abu Dhabi. And it's gotten to a point where, like, people at my aunt's church, everybody know I'm the cousin from America. Mm. And even though I'm coming from the UAE or Mm. from Egypt or from somewhere in the Middle East, which is closer, the pastor, who is Nigerian, typically says, oh, and here is so-and-so's family and this is their cousin. She's coming Mm -hmm. from... Actually, no, he actually usually says, what country are you coming from? But he'll be like, their cousin from America, she's coming from X, Y, and Z. I think it just sounds fancier that someone traveled farther away to come and meet you. That's that's not what I get from it, mainly because of the kind of community it is. <laughs> I just, well, I don't know about America. I, I, I just, it always grinds my nerves. Um, <laughs> I don't know about monkey or please <laughs> but I, i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop no i mean no it's true i do i do think that i mean i do see the exotic exoticism factor i mean i think we talked about that last season about you know college and how like when you got that African name, they want to put you with the international students. They, people always, I think I told you yeah. too, or maybe maybe I don't know if I told you this, but I had a teacher in high school. She was mad cool. 
And she had created a whole narrative about me and how I came from a war-torn country and all this. And it's like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, we've been talking about all this stuff so long. Who knows what stories we've shared and not shared. But, like, there's something cool about being different, right? There's something cool about coming from far away. When I came back from London, I was talking with a British accent and people thought I was very posh. And they were a lot nicer to me than they ever oh, are most definitely. when I'm speaking with a U.S. accent, most right? Yeah. Um, now, then again, if you were speaking with a Spanish accent or something else, they probably wouldn't would be as nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there is that as well. But then again, so, okay, if we have it, I can't spend a lot of time talking about passport privilege, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> but because it, it'll take away from the idea that we do have it. Since we have it, we should be allies to somebody, right? So how do we better do that? Well, that is a heavy question. I don't I know. know. I see your face. <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> I'm just trying to make a dollar out of two dollars. (laughs) I really don't know. I don't know how could be better allies in this respect. I mean, I feel like our show does something of that. Like we're trying to draw distinctions between our cultures, right? And our identities, But we are doing it because, not because we're shitting on any community, but we're trying to say, Mm -hmm. hey, this, you know, we got this identity, it's beautiful and it's vibrant, and there's this other one, it's also beautiful and vibrant, Mm -hmm. and things that are happening here Mm -hmm. towards people who are like, this is not fair, right? Um, I think that, I mean, but it's hard too when you feel power, not powerless, but like, it's a weird privilege that like- Yeah, because you two feel that you are also receiving kind of the same. I mean, my 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 point of reference right now is in the job environment, yeah. where you also feel like you're also being marginalized, but at the same time, it, it's a different kind of marginalization, but it's still the same because yeah, they're still but- using your race to do that so then how do we work better together because i do see that Mm -hmm. i can see in a work context so i feel like i've been in situations where because i'm african.american they're coming to me and at me in ways that they would not approach an african-american and they're trying to use me right i just it's a weird thing. It's like, why aren't you asking, you know, that person over there? Oh, but you know, you have blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm, this is weird. And at the same time, they're the what, other. What I, what I used to get a lot of is, oh, you know how to say the right things. Either. I'm like, that's not true oh better yet but this is you know this is where we can be better allies because i definitely used to get a lot of you get a lot of folks coming to tell you things about at a certain point in time when when these conversations were happening i didn't even realize that the other the subject of the matter was black was african-american but you'll have you'll sometimes have coworkers talking about an african-american coworker in a not very nice way Mm-hmm. And it's mostly because the person is 
african-american that's why they're doing it and they think it's okay for them to come and do it in front of you because they don't see you as african-american they see you as african it happened to me once where it was happening but i didn't know that the other person was african-american because i hadn't been there for long and as i figured it out I was like, this is highly inappropriate. And so when the person was shot, I'm like, I don't want any parts of it. And it became a thing of, oh, I'm not racist. Like, don't think I'm racist. I'm not racist. And I'm like, I never, you are. I never told you that you were racist. I but just you told are. I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> like, we, we yeah. don't need to talk about it. <laughs> this is where we can be better allies. This definitely happens where people feel, folks of other races, I'm not even saying just, you know, just white people, but People feel comfortable coming to tell you yeah. about, you know, your African-American counterpart, you know, disparage them in front of you. And they feel like it's okay and that it's in no way going to bother you because you're African and you're different. And that is something that we can definitely stop, at least in the work environment. I don't, I haven't had as many experiences with that. I will say that, like, I get caught because sometimes I feel like depending on the person, either they will view me as, you know, like I've had experiences in the past where for instance, I'll be in a space and I was, I was working somewhere and there was a new man, a black man. And you know, like, you know, and I was like, whoa. And he was leaving, like leaving the institution. And I was like, how has there been a black man here (laughs) for like two years? And I've never seen him. And someone was like, someone, a white person who's like, oh girl, he already got a woman. Like he, he already got a boo. Like he wouldn't have been a perspective for you. And I was like, what in the world? Especially for me. Why why did this person jump right there? Exactly. And I think that that though, you know, like I either get those or I get, you know, the, again, the anti, it's either the anti-blackness coming or maybe I'm trying to make myself the victim here, but it's either the anti-blackness or it's the anti-Africanness or, or it's the, ah, Bonquiel. Bonquiel is so like quiet and demure and, you know, either I'm like, you know, the little African girl who came here. But they're all code. Right. (laughs) But it's different code. So it's like, you know, I... I don't know how to be an ally because I need some allies. (laughs) Maybe I'm laughing a little. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't even know. I feel like I'm also sometimes just navigating stuff. And I think even outside of work, just social situations, you kind of sit and you go, what? Like, where is this coming from? Like, on some levels, you think I'm a member of this community and you're coming at me with these awful stereotypes. But now you know the community I really am a part of and now you really are coming to me with these awful stereotypes. How about you just let a sister breathe? How about that? Um, I think I shut down conversation. I'm also kind of slow to the tape. And so often when people are having those kinds of conversations about people, I'm usually the loud one who's like, what? What does that mean? I don't understand. (laughs) I don't think so. Who heard of that? And so um, I actually do. Maybe that's my way of allyship because like you can't bring that to me because I will be like, the gone are the days. Gone are the days when you can say, "I thought you were a Kwanzaa celebrating African American Bunkio," and for me not to be like, "What does that mean?" 
what mm-hmm. you know what I mean you don't have to have yeah. like the snappy clips because I'm not I'm not fast witted like that but I can say I think that that does go maybe that's a small thing that we all can do be like yeah that's you a, it's a tiny thing yeah just, just to be genuinely it. confused be like yeah. what do you mean like yeah. I don't like the way that Shaniqua talks she's so rude what do you mean it comes to the point of sometimes I've been having a hard time speaking up because you don't want to I mean this is the other end of things but you don't want to be cast as oh that's a loud black this this happens when you're in a space where you're the only one and you don't want to be cast as the loud one or the the oh she's loud oh she's very aggressive so then you tend to overly kind of be quiet and be to yourself and not say much and not that turns into not advocating for yourself because you don't want to seem that way and that at the end of the day hurts you because you're so cognizant of oh my god I don't want anybody to and I think this happens even with African Americans where you don't want to be this happens with all black people where you don't want to be cast yes you don't want the, to be the black, yes, yes, yes the aggressive one. And you end up not advocating for yourself. You end up not standing up for yourself, and even when things are wrong. But you also can't be assertive in the same ways that white men can be. Or white oh, women most, be. most definitely not. Right? But, you know, at a certain point, I figured out, I think being the only one in those paces, I figured out how to do it, and which was to go to the top and have one-on-ones and be very assertive mm-hmm. there. Walk out, smile to everybody as though nothing was wrong (laughs) and just keep it moving. And that I felt like worked very well because you didn't have an audience. So I think if something ever gets out of, oh, she's she's actually very aggressive. I know exactly who when to say that and Mm -hmm. I can address it with the person. So it doesn't turn into a whole, oh, she's very aggressive. Like I would never if I'm having an issue, I'd never go and sit amongst a group of co-workers and talk about it. Because I don't want to be typecast as that person. Oh, of course. No, I just take it to the Lord. I take it to my mama. <laughs> my mama who then takes it to the Lord. Mm-mm. I don't have time for... Who's time to, like, gossip and things like that? Well, I mean, that's what we do on this show. But <laughs> That's totally different, though. But I think... I mean, I think that's, that's helpful um, advice to give. And I, I guess in terms of bringing it back to this idea of your privilege and the allyship that you can show, maybe spreading some seeds. I, it's something I do try to do, but I do it regardless of who the people are really pumping people up and like highlighting work, because I think that I know that women, um, particularly women of color, but say people of color in general, we have a very communal mindset. We're all about community. We all did this together. And sometimes they don't highlight their great things. And so I like to be like, oh, so-and-so did this. And I think, again, this is even outside of work. I feel like even in social um, in social context or like in like organizations that you do, uh, what do you call it when it's not, uh, it's extracurricular, but- Pro bono, yeah. I mean, we're not lawyers, it's not, oh. pro- but you know what I mean. Like you, <laughs> it's the same damn thing. <laughs> you no. are part of this club, and you do stuff for the club, or you are part of a church community, and you do stuff for the church community to really no. highlight yeah. what those people are doing, and really put them in places to like shine. You know, so well, maybe not to shine, but to be like, yeah, this idea was so and so's idea, as opposed to like, you know, 
what a lot of people do, which is like take, you know what I mean? All the credit. Um, because we are people who tend not to do so. And I say women in general, but like, I think for people of color, you know, this whole, like, don't forget where you came from. Yeah. It took a village and yes, it took a village, but you need to claim credit for all of that in order to be able to like move and transform people's ideas about, about your people, which yeah. is like the hardest piece because people have all these preset notions I guess maybe that's the last piece I just wanted to like talk about you know like to what extent do you even need to try <laughs> racists are going to racist racists are going to be racist at the end of the day we can try to kind of change people's minds we can try to let people know that certain things they're doing is not okay another form of allyship as you were speaking was mentorship sometimes it's as simple as being a mentor I used to do a little bit of that in law school I remember but- yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people don't, you know, and, and that's another privilege that we have. We come to this country and I, at least let me speak for myself, having, knowing this is how I go to college. This is, this is the steps I have to take. This is what I have to do. This My is friend, where speak I for go. yourself. Yeah, you're speaking for yourself. <laughs> the, I came across young people who didn't know that. I mean, I would, mm. I would go to certain spaces and there was this one young man who asked me, he was in high school. How do you become a lawyer? Like, how do you get... Uh, he didn't even realize that there was a college step before law school. And that is just very important. Another way is write... You know, when people ask you to write recommendations for their kids... Write do good what, ones. No, but do write good ones. Do good ones. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you... Because I've seen like, some. <laughs> you can keep I, I can't tell you how that one recommendation can change somebody's entire life trajectory. That's true. That one mentor can change that entire person's trajectory. I attended a church once where I think they were Francophone Africans family who they they didn't adopt the child, but they they mentored him. So every Sunday they would bring the African-American child from the Baltimore area to church. The child would spend weekends with them. Nice. And that alone took the child out of their environment to see the possibilities sometimes it's just seeing the possibilities it's just seeing that there are possibilities there that i don't have to be where i am in that in in that setting forever that there are other things that i can be other than what i every day i think that's really good i think my issue is that i don't like old kids (laughs) (laughs) my sweet spot is zero to six years Um, um Um, and I did, I did spend some time tutoring last year, um, a little kindergartner. Um, I mean, he wasn't black, but you know, whatever. He was Latino, a little Latino kid. So I feel like next kid, I feel like that, that helped a little bit just for him to have like a positive image of, you know, um, a woman of color that's coming in and helping him with his reading and working with math and stuff like that. Like I, I mean, in that same vein of like, you can grow up and be I don't I mean he would be like do you have a kid why are you here you know that's the thing about five-year-olds right <laughs> why do you come here every that's, week? that's the magic you have a job you'll ask everything on the they'll mind. ask that's everything great. oh he was cute there was one time I was like well we got to do something mathematical and he was like I don't want to do anything mathematical I want to read another story and I was like look <laughs> at here 
<laughs> you gonna learn how to count from one to twenty, little boy. He's, he's creative, girl. He's creative. You should be should be fostering that creative no, mind. We, that's, we, that's we, we negotiated <laughs> and we did some math exercises, and then we read another Scooby Doo book. Gravy. Um, but I think that is another important point. It's really interesting. Um, and I think what you brought up is just to remember that the barriers that are in front of the African-American community mm-hmm. historically and things that are just so ingrained, like we're so past separate water fountains and all that stuff. This yeah. other stuff is all the stuff yeah. you can't touch. Yeah. It's not in front of Africans. Mm-hmm. And so when we are in those spaces, it's not okay to look at an African-American my bro, an African, I keep saying African American, an African American, and be like, oh, you not where I am. You know what I mean? That whole like pull me yeah. up by your bootstrap. Yeah. yeah. It is about pulling other people up, and I mean that's that's an, that's a ama- like a kid going, how do you be a lawyer? And that makes sense if you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah, you don't if know. You know if you've never seen how who do you model yourself after? Yeah, how do yeah. you do it? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm sure as a lawyer, I'm sure it was great to see someone, for him to see someone who's a black person and a lawyer to understand that he can get there and to you know give him the building blocks, some ideas about where to go to find that lawyering, you know, find that you know, find that to read more about how to become a lawyer, what the different steps are, making sure he gets into good colleges, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess there's a lot of work for us to do with allies. But I'm saying, you know, if you're a white person and you want to be my ally, you want to be my mentor. (laughs) Of course. Bunkio, this ain't about you. I still still need all of that, okay? We all need help. We all need a sponsor. Forget about mentorship. We need a sponsor. I I, I just want Oprah to sponsor me. I feel like Oprah. We need somebody to be in that room who is like telling them, yes, Yes. Monkeo is it. Nana is it. Can you be the Tyler Perry to my. Forget mentorship. You need to be a sponsor. That as well. But let us know what you think. Write to us at African.American, D-O-T, spelled out, African, spelled out, dot American, spelled out as well, at gmail.com. You can also message us or check us out, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, again, African.American, I was going to say dot com, or go to our website, African.American.com, listen for new episodes, let us know what you think about this topic. Do African.Americans enjoy a certain level of privilege? We decided, yeah. So how are you using that privilege to be an ally to those who, you know, to be that voice for those who aren't in the room and help pull other people in? Um, Let us some stories and ideas. Yeah, for sure. We'll catch you all later. Yeah.